I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Stop coming up on the screen. Halfway there, Champions League lads. Uh, duck party robots. Whoa, halfway there. Whoa, Livingston. Needs work. Yep, it does need work. Yeah. Oh, we have inside oh. the player. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> This week, Celtic are halfway there as a drab draw with Rosenberg gets the job done. Kenny Miller's Livy serve as a warm-up exercise for the upcoming visit of EEK Athens. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to episode 144 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm joined this week by Melly. Hello. Stephen. Greetings. Do that intro every week. Same guys, every single <laughs> week. People know. People so redundant. Know. I really enjoyed that little podcast you put out, the... The, well, the two of them, the, the match companion for we the Rosenberg so game. Hard. Oh, you know what I love about the match companion? Incidentally, it's on the Patreon for anyone that wants to check it out. Your um, your optimism before it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the best bit of the match companions. I've never listened to one that I've not been on. Just the, the optimism before it. And I listened to it after the game, so I knew exactly what was coming. Yeah. Um, the optimism before it, and then melee at half time, and then full time <laughs> as if we'd just go away with it. It was fantastic. And then obviously the other one, which was the, the fantasy football competition intro. You two know much about English football. It's <laughs> absolutely incredible. We geeked the place right up about so fantasy football. Geeky. It was so geeky. Aye. Um, but apart from that, regular Celtic, regular old Celtic business to talk about on this regular Celtic podcast. And I suppose we might as well talk about the Rosenberg game. Yeah. Stinky. Mm, yeah, job done and all that cliche of the way. Jobby done. Jobby done. <laughs> Not a classic by any means. But I mean, there, there are positives to be taken. It was a clean sheet away from home. It, it tends to be, no matter what happens these days, the away game in Europe and these qualifiers is always a bit sticky. Isn't yes. it? There are always There are always moments we go through. Regardless of how the first leg went, that we were slightly concerned, to say the least. Yeah, doing the match companion, we were absolutely caking ourselves. <laughs> I went into the game, I said, I'm worried that I'm not worried. Yes. Because mm. I thought, we're so much further on where we were this time last year. Rosenberg didn't really pose a threat, but Celtic are a threat to themselves sometimes with the defence. But having a few days to calm down, sit on it, it was a decent result. Going into the game, you're free one up. It's hard to approach it. Now, now's a perfect result from that because we got the clean sheet, didn't concede any early goals, 
So it wasn't bad. There was positives to be taken. A few shaky moments in the first half, but the second half we settled right into the game and it didn't really feel that we were in doubt at any point. No, as for two things before the game when we were covering it for the match companion, I said, please don't concede in the first 15 minutes. And the second thing was eventually didn't come to pass because the first thing didn't happen was that a gamble a goal no well I, I did i'm always <laughs> fingers crossed for that but I, I did say if we do concede keep the heat don't don't fall if you apart. do concede keep the heat that's, that's it write that above the, write that in the <laughs> rangers have we are the people written above their above their, their dressing room we have uh, if you do concede keep the heat <laughs> Melly, same lineup as the first leg were you happy with that yeah it was as expected we gamby kept his place so you were happy with that didn't really see there wasn't many changes we could really make, no. to be honest. With the squad was a bit stretched, but happy with that team going in. It did well the previous week, so there was no reason to change it. Gamboa, if him playing in the first leg was a big surprise, then arguably keeping him in the team was an even bigger surprise because he rarely plays two games in a row. I thought he had a decent game, to be honest. I thought he was okay. We remarked at the time on the throw-ins, though. Oh, it, it was a game of throw-ins. Um, <laughs> he was just joining in, though. Celtic are extremely poor at every set pieces. Yeah. Corners, free kicks. May as well make the throw-ins really that, bad that as well. That was disgusting. Yeah. But <laughs> two two throw-ins in a row, he didn't make his man, and then another one was a foul throw. A foul throw, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a kind of a game of two halves once again. Um, it, we were a lot poorer on the first half at home. Absolutely. Again, a lot poorer on the first half here. Um, again, someone I want to single out for discussion, uh, Jack Hendry. A couple of shaky moments. Uh, one one wasn't as bad as it seemed at the time. There was a moment where he and Gordon sort of got the ball stuck between yeah, them. that was quite unfortunate. Yeah, I, I think when you look back at the replays, he was under control at all times. It was just in real time that he looked as if he was dribbling towards his own goal line at the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. But he, he was mostly under control and, get, and basically just get rid of it rather than turn around into trouble or anything. That like, may as well just get rid of that. But it, for a second, it did look as if he'd passed it into the into the bottom yeah. corner. The the other major incident was when he was caught out, completely left his man, and Christopher Iyer was absolutely furious at him. I don't I don't know what he was doing. No, he seen the man. He had a look, seen the man. The guy went in front of him, and he didn't follow him. Didn't have another look. Apart from that, but he didn't really do much wrong. I thought, and as the game went on, he grew into it in the second yeah. half, and towards the end of the game, he just won everything. And yes. That's what I like about the guy. I don't think he's the best player, but if he makes a mistake, he doesn't hide, he doesn't shuck from it. We said it last week as well. He made the mistake that cost the goal last week mm. and he just got straight back in. He kept wanting the ball, kept going. And like when he came on at Ibrox last year, he's happy defending. He mm. doesn't mind that. He'll head away everything. I think I think the thing about Henry is he's a slow starter in games. He's, he's maybe not got... It might come from experience. He doesn't have the intelligence, whereas an experienced striker has seen... Defender, rather seen lots of scenarios before, has come up that type of striker before, knows where guys are roughly going to be. He's still learning the game and it's taken him a while to get to speed to know where he's supposed to be. But but again, we are just, I think we're taking a gamble with a guy at centre half in these games. We possibly are, but really, would you rather Jozo in? Yeah. He's probably the best, would you? Aye. Jozo. He's pretty awesome. He's awesome. heavy, isn't he? I'd prefer Hendry, to be honest. But what about you, Stephen? Let's pause on that. You've got the casting vote here. This is the good thing about three of us. We get everything we get everything decided to a conclusion on this podcast. Jozo Semenovic isn't covering himself in glory at the moment. He's played against Livingston as well, which we'll come on to later, but for the purposes of this game, no, I wouldn't have had him back in even if he wasn't suspended. Because he'd just all of a sudden become very rash for whatever reason. Jack Henry, there's parallels to be drawn between 
both legs of it. As you say, they made the mistakes early on and recovered from that. He really grew into both games after a fairly key mistake. He and Ayer had to be good in the second half because that was their main threat. They had Bentner out wide on Gamboa and he's yeah. about eight inches taller than him, so Gamboa's winning nothing there. And they brought back their top scorer for this game, Soderland, and played him through the middle. And they were winning quite a lot in the air yeah. until Ayer and Hendry got a grip of the game. It's unfair on Hendry as well. We we're obviously saying he's learning the game. These are the first time he's played in these qualifiers. He's playing beside Ayer, who the same has only played against... Astana, yeah, he played in the... The disaster beside yeah, yeah. Beaton. <laughs> but these are two guys that are learning their trade. You've also, you've not got Lustig beside them to help guide them through it. So there's nobody really guiding them through it apart from themselves. And it's a lot to ask Ayer, who's a young guy, to guide another guy through the game yeah. and vice versa. So The thing about Ayer, and I've been saying this for a while, he's absolutely got it at his centre defence. <laughs> um, <laughs> just final thing on Hendry. I think what doesn't help Hendry at this moment is that he hasn't quite he hasn't yet earned anyone's trust at the back yet because Tierney tried a clearance at one point in the game with his right foot and he just hit it off the attacker mm. and that led to a chance for Rosenborg. But nothing nothing said about that. And that's fair that's fair enough because Tierney has earned that. Yeah. No one thinks, well, well Tierney will he's a disaster back there. But I think we're all of us just all of us as fans are just still at that sort of line where we we don't know what to think of Jack Hendry yet. Yeah. Plus, Jack Hendry tends to get noticed first for his mistake and then tries to make up for it throughout yeah. the game rather, yeah. rather than the way about. He was sort of involved in a bit of a penalty claim with Melling. Incidentally, Melling's good. Yep, he really impressed me. Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought he was excellent. He started really high up the pitch, like really attacking, but they must have identified that Gamboa has a tendency to show a little bit of lack of lack of discipline yeah. at the back. So Melling was obviously trying to get behind him. Melling was up, causing all sorts of problems. And for the, that penalty incident, it was never a penalty. And, and in fairness, Melling didn't claim for it. He went down, but he tried to get back up and, and play the ball again. He wasn't claiming for it. It just looked like a, a slightly controversial moment at the time. Be absolutely ridiculous to sign a left back who you've just played two ties against. That's, <laughs> that's fun. Shit teams. Yeah, I know. I know a guy who's not going to be playing the Champions League this season. A left back who we have been after a wee bit of competition for for Tierney for a couple of seasons now. Could do an awful lot worse than him, Shinny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was kidding on. He's, no. a, he's an Melling. absolute rat. No, Melling. Aye, Melling is. Yeah, a... bring him home. Aye, I thought. Speaking honestly, I, I th- he was probably man of the match in that game. For, he had their me. best chance of the game yeah. as well. He had, a, he had an absolutely great move out in the left hand side. He played a wee one two and came in on his right foot and bent it. It was a, a few feet over the bar at this point, but it was a, a good effort. What would you what would you say our best move of the first half was? Well, there was a breakaway involving McGregor. It just just held on to it for a fraction of a second too long and failed to release Edward in time but that was it was a good move that led to that it was it was just maybe just highlighted I think McGregor maybe lacks a wee bit of pace that's one weakness you can mm, maybe yeah. pinpoint on him if that had been maybe Forrest he'd have been a bit more direct and it would have opened up the space but it just never looked like he got it out of his feet and got it under control and was able to put it through it just looked a bit tentative for, for me it was a bit of a worry just the defence the defence especially but they were under pressure but the midfield never seemed to get a grip of the game the way that we, we normally see them do no, that's it. We, we were playing out from the back as we usually do, but that was all fine. But as soon as it got in the midfield, we never kept a hold of the ball. We said before that in Cham, Brown and McGregor, we should be able to keep a hold of the ball and they can release Sinclair and Forrest down the wings and Edward in the channels if need be. And we should be able to get a bit of joy out of that, but the midfield never got a hold of the ball. And the whole first half, I can't remember many times we'd sustained possession and just kept the ball, made Rosenberg work and 
tired them out. It was just seemed to be we get the ball, lose it, and it comes straight back, and they'd be coming at us time and time again. It wasn't until the second half we settled into it, managed to do that, play the ball across the back and tire them out. And for that reason, the midfield were unable to get on the ball properly. It played right into Melling's hands because he was able to get down and Forrest wasn't able to get yeah. on the ball and Forrest wasn't able to push him back and put him under any pressure. So he had basically a free reign. Both our wingers really were completely ineffective in the game. I know, I know Forrest went off after about an hour. It wasn't until the second half that we... We had a more influence in the game. We settled into it, got the ball down, played our game, and the second half sort of it just went up. Well, many incidents did it. We were settled into the game. We kept the ball, pinned them back a bit more, made the substitutions when need be, and it just sort of ra- the game ran its course. As much as the performance from Celtic wasn't spectacular, I, at no time did I find myself thinking we were ever going to lose the game. No, not at all. There weren't many chances for either either team. They they did well in the air at various points, particularly towards the end. But then, as I say, our defence managed to get a grip of them eventually. So I never felt under huge pressure. However, it would have been a completely different second half had they scored right on the stroke of half time. After that breakaway we've just talked about with McGregor and Edward, they went straight up the pitch and nearly scored from it. Gordon just tipped over the bar. If they managed to score to make it 1-0 going into the second half, you never know. Celtic might not have had... Might not have been able to be as assured as they were mm. in the early stages of the second half. You'd like to hope that they would, but it would have been a completely different complexion on the second half had that gone in. However, they didn't score in the stroke of half time, and immediately after half time, Celtic had their best chance of the game. Edward he broke he broke into the box, a couple of step overs, beat the guy, and just bent it around the in the far the far top corner. That was as good as Celtic got, to be perfectly honest. There was one good move in the second half involving Gamboa and Cham. A lovely wee one too, and it was a cross into Sinclair who just sort of let it pad against them and it came to nothing. But they were much, much better in the second half. That's it. We didn't we didn't really create anything which is worrying, but as we said earlier, you're free one up in the tie. You don't need to go out and create. You no. just need to stop them scoring. And to come away 0-0 again, that's four games we've played in in the Champions League qualifiers so far, we've only let in one goal. Yeah. So the defence, as it is, taking a pound in the now, but they're keeping clean sheets and going to Rosenberg and keeping another clean sheet like we did last year with a squad that where it's really threadbare now. It's a good result and it's positives to take. Maybe at the time you're a bit more worried because it's right in the heat of the moment, but after a couple of days you simmer down and see decent result in the end and as you say, job done, yeah. on to the next one. You get these games out the way. Rosenberg Absolutely. are a thing of the past now. Yeah, it's not going to matter. See, if Celtic qualify for the Champions League, this result is not going to matter. This is just It's just their job to talk about these games as and, as and when they come right. and, and as they as they fall. Now, it wasn't a great performance, but again, it just, it just doesn't matter that they didn't need to get a win. They just had to negotiate the tie and get through all the job all the work was done in the first leg. Last year against Rosenberg, it didn't let in a goal against them, but we had James Forrest playing as a false nine. Some mm. of the time, sometimes you just, these games are so early on in the season, they are, every game is difficult from this point onwards, so you just have to get through them and get on the next one. Nobody remembers the performances if you're in the Champions League. You're in there, that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Just get negotiate through these ties get the job done and that's what we've done. You can't complain. We do remember them because we're still, we still think back to that Beersheva game. Where, yeah. But they're, they're only that's ever a remem- memorable one. Yeah, they're only ever remembered in a sort of, oh, remember that? It's not like we look back and say, oh, that was a, just a disaster I, that night. I still remember Rosenberg last year. I told this story on the podcast last year but it's worth telling again. I've got a mate who stays in America. 
loves playing FIFA, but Celtic daft. He's like, oh, you'll need to take me to a Celtic game, a Champions League night at Parkhead. I've heard all about it. I thought, you're going to love this, mate. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Nil-nil. I don't think there was another nil-nil all season, all the season before. It was years between nil-nils and he got to witness one. Um, Melly, you say you've got to negotiate. You forget about these games and you get to the Champions League and it doesn't matter, but are you comfortable taking that sort of level of performance at the next game against AEK Athens? The first leg, yes, by the goal, but the second leg, no, but we'll be further on fitness-wise, mm. tactics-wise. We'll have a couple of players back by then. I think when the standards are raised for this team, they raise their standards as well, so I think we'll see another level from this team. Well, but you're still being nervous about Ike, Athens? It's going to be difficult. There's no two ways about it. What we definitely need to do is need to take a lead over there. I won't be confident going over yeah. there with the nothing eats, kind of like we did with Rosenborg last year, going nothing eats and then trying to win over there. Have to take a lead over there, a clean sheet if at all possible, because realistically, the away games, the way they've been going, yes, we can get over the line, but we only had one shot on goal, one shot on target against Rosenborg the entire time. It was a kind of daisy cutter from Incham after Ayer had surged forward. Now, we need to do better than that away. AK Athens haven't played a competitive game yet this no. season. They've most recently played a friendly against Galatasaray. I watched the highlights of it. If they're in any way rusty or unfit, they're, they're hiding it well. It was a good game. That yeah. They conceded from a free kick and in jam territory right enough to see that sort of inside left position bend around to the yeah. far post. Just as well, we are so good at free kicks. So <laughs> that, as, that's a danger I've identified. Their main man, their captain, Mantelos, scored a lovely free kick and he, he looks like the the sort of main attacking threat. He looked an excellent player. They also conceded a free kick, though. Notable other players include Dimitro Chigrinsky, oh, who, Shakhtar. yeah, it once flopped for Barcelona. Barcelona paid well over the odds for him, and he, it was about twenty-five million or something. Like when, like three or four years ago, not longer, two thousand ten or something. Jeez. I think maybe barely played the game and then gets sent back. But other than that, I don't really know an awful lot of the team. He was the kind of notable name in there. The only reason I'm nervous about this AK Athens game is because people just keep saying how much more of a difficult tie it's going to be, how much more serious this team is. And I've I've just got, I just, I say it all the time, but I think we're gambling with these qualifiers, no bringing MD in. Apparently, Nzari's going to be here for Friday. That doesn't do us any good. No, no, because he's, he's not going to play. He's not, no. I wouldn't imagine he's going to feature in these games if he does sign at all, even if he was to come into the squad in a sort of wildcard thing around, he's not, they're not going to throw a guy like that straight in. I don't, I don't know if we, if right now if we signed any player, if he goes straight in. No, no. No, uh, well, it depends who we signed, but I, I'd, I'd agree with that. There's talk that Boyata might not avail, be available for selection for the home game, so it looks like that central defensive pair will probably be as it is, unless we go with what we've done against Livy. Yep, Big Joe's a win. Um, <laughs> um, we'll have Lustig back in all likelihood. He'll play. Yeah, do you think we'll do back three though? I think we'll go, I think we'll go back four to start with. We'll Lustig, Hendry, Ayer, Tierney. In the midfield we'll have Cham, Brown, Rogic, Forrest, and I think we'll put McGregor out left instead of Sinclair, mm. which you can easily switch, move McGregor inside, and then go three five two and have Forrest and Tierney as wing backs and Lustig, uh, Lustig, Ayer and Hendry as a back three. Hendry, big call. No, no. What's the alternative? But Jozo aye. or a Boyata unfit. Remember the last time we threw Boyata in? Well, very true. That's yeah. true. Aye. AK Athens are a bit similar to a certain club on the other side of Glasgow to us. Are they relegated right down five years ago? But they've managed to. Come right back up the league. Can, I just, can we just stop this here, Stephen? Five years. Did, 
Did Melly just say the Rangers were relegated? Oh my <laughs> word. Uh, I need to believe that. <laughs> Rangers <laughs> died, <laughs> mate. Athens were relegated. They're not the only team that's a bit like Rangers that we could potentially face Videotron or whatever they're called. <laughs> um, are apparently quite like Rangers in as much as the Prime Minister's favourite football team and there's sort of theories in that country that they get a lot of help from the authorities and, and all right. that sort of thing. Establishment team. The establishment team, and, anyway. And you know who they've got up front? Stefan Skepovic. They've got Skepovic up front. Former, <laughs> another um, former Celtic ace coming back to haunt us, <laughs> yeah. much like the game we're about to come on to, Livingston. But yeah, he, he plays for them. It's got Bergit and Bratback written yeah. all over it, no doubt. But we'll, we'll, we're not going to talk about that no, game. We're no, we're not talking about that game. Absolutely Let's, not. Stephen, what would, your, what would your selection be against? Because I, I was going to say it's a selection headache, but that usually means that you've got a choice between two or three. It's a selection headache because we don't have much of a choice and it's headache-inducing the choice that we do have. Absolutely. I, I suppose it will depend entirely on Dembele being fit. Also mm. in Cham. Because yes. Cham took a knock at the end of the Livingston game. Who knows? I'm not sure. I, th- I think he's... It looks as if he'll be okay. He looks as if he's, he's going to be fit. So him, for sure. If Dembele's fit, then he comes back in. I suppose it really is over the defence because the, the midfield forward almost picks itself. So the defence... At home, I don't think Gamboa plays. I think he's, I think he's made his appearances for this season. You think so? <laughs> I'm unlikely. <laughs> so I, I think Gamboa. All joking aside, all this this podcast meme that I pure love Gamboa aside, right? I think he is a useful player to have around. See if you've got you're struggling to break down your your teams that come to Celtic Park and sit in, like like Livingston that we're about to come on to and and other teams. You could do an awful lot worse than having Gamboa and Forrest just running at them, but. For this game, AK Athens, I don't think he plays. Is there a call to maybe go how we played against Zenit last year and bring Kouassi in? But he hasn't featured at all. But no. he that was his best game. Kouassi's a bit of a weird one, isn't he? Like definitely, it's it doesn't. We paid a lot of money for him. He's got he's, he's, his reputation's quite good. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers has said he's got a future at the club and and he's sort of a replacement for Scott Brown. But he doesn't he play at all. No, he barely <laughs> plays. But we bring we seem to bring him in for important games, and when he does come in. He plays quite well. I think he's only he's still only played like fourteen or fifteen games for Celtic. It is it's a very strange one because as much as he's the replacement for Scott Brown allegedly, I don't buy that necessarily no. because if he's not trusted to play any games at all just now, what makes anyone think he's going to play all of the games yeah. as soon as Scott Brown isn't able to? Scott Brown will probably want a break from time to time, yeah. miss a couple of games he'd expect to see Kwasi. So no, I think we can rule him out of the Athens game. Yeah, I would I would imagine so. Defence, I would probably go with... I think Lustig came in against Livingston and looked quite good. I think he, he slotted back in absolutely fine. I don't think there are many, many concerns over Rust or anything like that. I know he's had a couple of weeks off after a more than respectable World Cup. Boyata, I don't know. I've not heard anything, any chat about him potentially playing. So I think you go back forward, Lustig, definitely Ayer, Tierney and... Henry, I think, I think it goes Henry, so. yeah. It has to be. It has to be, it has to yeah. be Henry. Incidentally, do you know that um, Ike Athens have played four pre-season friendlies? No. Yeah, they have, and the Galatasaray game was the only one that they actually won. Is that right? That no, is absolutely correct. In fact, it's the only one they scored any goals in. So you want to see the 4-2-3-1? Uh-huh. I would play Sinclair. I think Sinclair needs gate. I think Sinclair needs minutes. So I would, no Rogic then? I'd play Rogic. So no McGregor then? No McGregor. That is wild. I just, I, I think, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because I think Sinclair needs minutes. I think he can do the damage. I think there's something bubbling under with Sinclair. He's, he's trying to find his form again. And we can talk about Roderick when we get to the, the Livingston game, but he was 
sensational against Livingston. That's why I think Rogic has to start, but if you look back at the end of last season, that was the five in midfield. We had Forrest on the right, McGregor on the left, Cham, Brown and Rogic in midfield. And it got us yeah. the good results against Rangers in the cup win last season. You could be right. You could be right it's it? just Sinclair, I, I really hope he kicks on this season back to the form. We've given, you've given him a clean slate, but he's not doing it right now. McGregor is, Rogic is. So I think the two on form have yeah, to start. Yeah, you're you're, you're, you've charmed me. <laughs> <laughs> As we record this, it's either yesterday or today is two years to the day since we signed Scott Sinclair and he came straight into the team and, signed, and scored on his debut against Hearts in the opening day of the season. And there was a video doing the rounds of all his goals in his first season. I just I can't help but think, where is this guy? Where is he? It's in there somewhere. It doesn't just go away. No, it doesn't. So it, it, you're right, there is something bubbling under there somewhere, but it's... He absolutely got to start showing it because we're getting nothing out of him just now. I think he suffered, I said this before, but I think he suffered from Armstrong leaving because that Armstrong on the left-hand side of midfield, Sinclair on the left, mm. that was a good that was a good wee partnership there. But that brings us on to, brings on to flag day at Parkhead. Yep. The season opener, Danny McGrain unfurled the flag. Daniel Fergus McGrain, as he's always referred to. Daniel <laughs> Fergus McGrain unfurled the flag. Um, business as usual, right over the top of an absolutely terrible Livingston team. Livingston took centre in the first half, and within two touches, it was out for a throw-in. <laughs> Kenny Miller, I give Kenny Miller five games in a row trying to do that manager-player thing. He was just shouting at people and trying to do it all. He put himself on Scott Brown, peculiarly enough, as far as I could gather. His, he saw his job to either... He was trying to be a midfield general in between Scott Brown and Rodjick. And did he not have a big lump at Rodjick at one point? Yeah, yeah, did I. Aye, an absolutely terrible tackle. I wonder how, how the dynamic works with Kenny Miller. If he's out there on the pitch, presumably he's got an assistant making some decisions, yeah. being able to view the, this. So does he say to his assistant, look, if MD out there is toiling, if MD's on a booking, get them whipped straight off. I don't care who it is. And then he takes Miller off. <laughs> is, that, is that how that <laughs> Aye, works? I want to know who hooked Kenny Miller. <laughs> I mean... As far as, I mean, the best way in the world, Livingston are... More than likely down, let's yeah, face it. I, I think they're going to badly struggle. So this was a, a training exercise for South. No disrespect, but no. This, Livingston did extremely well to get in the league in the, in the first place. Nobody saw that coming, I don't think. Hopkins did really well to get them up and is now gone. But Livingston, they're, they're not, not a good team. This, this game took place entirely in their half. Yeah. And it was just a case of, we've seen it all before, just teams sitting in and trying to hit on the break. Like you say, Stephen, you said it was a training exercise. I, I think that's why we saw the likes of Johnston, Hayes and Griffiths brought on, especially Johnny Hayes. Um, yeah. He didn't look the fittest. I think we are just trying to get him minutes. He's sort of still toiling a wee bit in a Celtic shot. It was pretty uncomfortable just watching for me. Melly, watching Johnny Hayes. You often. know what's coming when Melly sucks those teeth <laughs> in. <laughs> oh. Some, some harsh criticism. He set up the goal, fair enough, but nothing went right for the guy. The ball was hitting off him. The ball came across to him and went under his foot yeah. out for a throw in. It was just one of those games like, oh, mate, sorry, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. We, for we, you need, today. we need to we need to repeat the advice that we gave Johnny Hayes last season. Just calm down. And the criticism Melly's just levelled at him is the exact same as last season yeah. as well. It's always the same. We always say the same things. We want the guy to do well and nothing works for him. It's just, he's fallen over the ball and he tried this crazy back heel at some point oh, and it just sort of fell away. over. Yeah. There was a point where Celtic were inside their own box, played a lovely wee defensive triangle. Ayer just knocked it out to him in the left and the ball went under his foot for a throw-in. Again, Ayer furious. 
He had a wild shot in the second half, yes. miles over the bar. Johnny Hayes can be useful in this squad. He can come in and do a job, but at home to Livingston has to be his stage. He has to come in and perform in these games. But how much has he featured pre-season? He's been in, he did get injured in pre-season. So right. I, I, think this was just, I think this was just to get him minutes. It, Probably. it looked as if he had laid boots on the way he was running up and down that wing. He Boxing was, Day was the last game he played. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. And he, in fairness, he was coming on to a bit of a game before he got that injury. He had two or three games in a row where he was fairly decent. I'm reluctant to be too harsh on, as you say, Melly. It was his first game back. Really not played much football since Boxing Day. I'm reluctant to be too harsh on him. You don't want to be harsh on him. It's just one of those games like, mate, you're having a nightmare. But in fairness to him, went down the left. Playing left wing back, we went with the three at the back. Left wing back, which shows if Keenan Tierney's not playing, we're going to struggle for cover there again. But he went down the wing, lovely cross. And Rogic gets his first headed goal. Let's talk a bit. About, fortunate. Uh, a bit fortunate. Let's talk about Rogic. He uh, he was he was sensational. Was dancing. Dancing, yeah. He was Aye. absolutely dancing. There was there was one bit where he took about three of them trying to get the ball off him, and he's doing Zidane turns and popping it through their legs, and all the while getting kicked and all that. It was fantastic. It was like that famous clip of the World Cup, the nineteen ninety or maybe earlier, where. Kanija is running down the wing and, and they're taking turns to absolutely lunge in and try and put him up in the air and then finally somebody gets him. That's what happened to Rogic there. But uh, an absolutely brilliant performance from Rogic. He was unlucky not to have another one in the second half where he almost scored from the goal line yeah. or the, the, the touchline rather. A sensational ball for Griffiths as well. Griffiths oh, just yes. got offside. Aye. That it was, was quite funny. He, he thought he was being taken off a lot earlier than he actually was. In the first wave of subs in the Urmark, Rogic started wandering across as if this is definitely me. I've not not played 90 minutes and God knows how long and he wandered over only to be told he's staying on the goal though Hayes as much as we've kind of questioned his performance a wee bit it was a perfect cross for Rogic we don't get many of them Forrest has got a good cross on him on occasion but what he's good at is doing that we sort of drive to the, the byline and clip it sort of disguised we clips to the back post and then somebody just comes in and nods it in Hayes in fairness to him actually looked up picked out Rogic and planted it straight on his Mm. head as you say, Melly doesn't doesn't get headers. I think that's his first headed goal when he ran away, sort of tapping his forehead. He'll never score an easier header than that. Ran off, he didn't even have to jump. The defence just sort of fell over at his feet. Olivia will be raging at that goal, but at eight minutes gone, yeah. settles everybody down, settles us right into the game, and we can just play our football then because their tactics was going to be sitting and try and frustrate us, Kenny. You know how we're going to play, and you still couldn't do anything. I know, I know. I, I just don't have a lot of sympathy for Kenny Miller because I've got, I've got, I've got zero sympathy for Kenny Miller. I was being far too polite there. But the I way see. the way he's carried himself on the pitch, there was a couple of dodgy tackles. He's running about shouting and people moaning. And you're thinking, this is the first game of the season. So the pressure's getting to you already, and he's shouting at his teammates and bossing and pointing, and eventually hooks himself because he's having a shocker. Well, he's like one of these guys who is a world class player, and then he becomes a manager and just doesn't realise that players aren't always up to his standards. Well, you know, it's like Roy Keane or something. He goes <laughs> and manages Sunderland. <laughs> they can't, yeah, they can't live up to <laughs> can't live up to those Kenny Miller standards. So he's frustrated already. See, in, in all honesty, I kind of forgot he was playing. It was only when. I noticed a ripple of boos, half-hearted boos. It wasn't even as if anybody was really bothered. <laughs> they, would, they would come up every so often. I'd go, oh, I thought, that's Kenny Miller. Did he, it, was he captain? Did he make himself captain <laughs> as well? Probably. I don't I think he's a big centre-half, not captain. Right, you could be right. You could be right. Melly, Edward's goal. Again, we are so bad at our own corners. <laughs> yes. We're more dangerous from the other team's corners. 100%. We that's said that. That's two this season so far. How many have we scored from our own corners? None. 
we should keep that account. So this season already, we've scored two goals as a direct result of the other team having a corner and none from us having corners. <laughs> Livingston took a corner and 15 seconds later, Celtic had the ball in the back of the net. Forrest did well. Oh, the touch from Forrest was yeah, absolutely brilliant. Fine Rogic, but from that point, it was just all Rogic. Just powerful run straight through the middle. I, I've joked about this before, but Celtic should come to some sort of deal. If Celtic win a corner up the other end, they should make the other team <laughs> take a corner as a reward for Celtic. Because this one's not going to work for us, so we, we should probably take one for that end. Lee Griffiths tried to score directly from a corner, so did, nearly yeah. achieved it. He better not get that old Anthony Holt Stokes habit, mind that. That was Stokesy. <laughs> Charlie every, Adam. Aye, every single time. He's well shoot. Nobody's going to win it from our corner, so you may as well have a pot. I'm sure I've mentioned it on, on the podcast before, but do you remember last season, playing for Stoke, Charlie Adam missed a penalty. He missed, he missed a penalty and then it got taken out for a corner and from that corner he tried to shoot. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shakiri's fault they get relegated. Yeah, of course, his, uh, not his finest moment. He was on the radio last week begging for a move to Rangers. Was he? <laughs> uh, more or less begging. I saw his, have you seen Charlie Adams' face before? He looks awful. Awful. The guy is 32, he looks like a 50-year-old coal miner. He looks like Elvis Costello, if Elvis Costello had had some sort a of Cheese grater tone over his face. <laughs> Aye. It's absolutely horrendous. Anyway, Melly. Back to the goal, but Cham with an inch perfect mm. shot. Okay, pass pass. <laughs> <laughs> that was an absolute howler of a shot. But there's King Eddie on hand to slot home right at the back post. That's so, what you're looking for. I'm so glad we've got him because, you know, without Dembele being fit, we really, really do need a second striker of, of that quality available to yep. us. Absolutely. And Griffiths looked lively when he came on. Still a wee bit too... It's never going to go from, we're never going to get rid of it, he's, he's 27 or whatever yeah. now, we're never going to kick it out of his game that he takes it too personally when he misses chances and he becomes frustrated with himself, he's he's slapping the ground and all that. Hey, just relax, you'll get another chance. That's, that's expensive grass, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hands off, Griff. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a, a little bit too anxious to score at times, but it's, it's great to have him back because he came on, looked really sharp, looked to get involved, some lovely touches. The one he ball comes over and he takes a touch and goes round the keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. what a touch. But that was the one where he was raging with himself after it. But just on his weaker foot when he went round, I think he was sort of thinking, he thought he'd scored before he'd actually yeah. taken the shot. And he just didn't catch it with his right foot properly. I think he caught the top of the ball rather than go through yeah. the ball. A couple more weeks of the Herbalife and he'll be <laughs> sharp as you like. What are we up with the ticker now? Have you missed it last week? I predicted that the French connection would score 64. Yes. No more, no less goals between them this season. I wonder what we're at in the, the French ticket at the moment. So that's two. Two down. Two there. Are we counting the, the Champions League qualifiers? Well, you have to. But will you, you count the Champions League qualifiers? I, I think, well, if I'm struggling towards the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it then? Eight at the moment. I, yeah. If my calculations are correct. I know, only, I've, I've undersold it, if I anything. I think you have undersold it. I think you're, 164 is what I mean. It's a bit of sleight of hand <laughs> here because at my, my bold prediction of Mikey Johnson playing... 15 games this season was from the minute I pronounced it right okay so we've saw f- one appearance from Mikey Johnson so that's yep. 14 to go Bailey you didn't get a chance to do your bold predictions we'll catch you at the end of the podcast and you can make a couple of your own um, in the meantime let's talk about another man brother, the French connection Stephen Olivier Oncham yes uh, got a penalty again Kenny Miller complained well, shocker after the game <laughs> it we could have a soundboard yeah. with that on it and just press the space bar <laughs> every time you want to hear that he, he claimed that his defender was adamant in the dressing room that he got a full foot in the ball no he absolutely didn't he didn't get near it it was an, as easy a penalty as you'll see it wasn't like he didn't go lunging in but he just barred McGregor yeah. completely off the ball and Jam comes up, just sticks it away dead, dead easily. We start a run up. He's got the technique on him. He's got the coolness, composure. Is he going to keep the pens? I think 
think so, unless Moose is back. Yeah, Musa seems to be one. designated taker behind him. It's really misses one Musa. In fairness to him, I can only remember him. Well, obviously, missed against Barcelona, which would have changed that game entirely. Yeah, yeah we would have won that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we conceded. Craig mm. Gordon could not have been happy at that. No, no, definitely not. Rogers neither. There's no way he likes conceding goals, especially to a team like Livingston in the that last was the minute. Thing he mentioned after the game, yeah, not happy, which is fair enough. It's a silly goal to lose. It's just a ball into the centre. I thought Gordon went down a bit slow. To be fair, but mm. to to be fair to Gordon, it wasn't his fault. The boy was right in front of him. It was Jozo again. And Cham didn't but, follow his man, but I think he he was, he was injured, injured by that point. So. I know all three subs had already been made by this point, but just taking Cham off, the the game's gone. And we need him. We absolutely need him. We're we're a couple of injuries away from having Scott Allen in midfield for these crucial games. Just taking Cham off, play the last couple of minutes with 10 men. 3-0 at the time should have been done. He was... He got injured tracking back and got booked for the tackle that he he got injured on, which is a bit harsh, but might have been seen as a cynical foul, but... I want to take you back a bit earlier. I don't want Celtic to concede goals, but there was a point in this game where I wanted Celtic to concede, and that was Jojo's stunning volley. That he- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That would have been amazing. Uh, that would have been the greatest own goal ever scored. It was. Uh, I was up the other end. I was on the up the the top of the Jockstein on the on the kind of corner of Jockstein in in the north stand. So. I couldn't really make out what on earth had gone on. I just saw this absolute belter of a volley flying over the bar from about six yards. How did it come to that point? Skill, mate. <laughs> Skill, <laughs> Skill that was a striker take that. You'd be like, oh, unlucky. That was an absolute peach. No, that's just centre half. Bonus marks, though, for Jojo. Hold on, I'll, just, I'll check my stats here. Zero straight red cards in the game. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Sure. It, well, it's about improving week on week. Exactly. And, and exactly. If you get red card one week, you don't get another one next week. That is improvement, tangible, yeah. tangible improvement. Next league game is Hearts. Flying high. Hearts flying high. A lot of people's tip to finish second, uh, I noticed. Not greedy. Is, yeah, to, to finish second. Bold one. That's a, that is a bold one. I don't really know where he's getting that from. They might lose uh, old, what? He's six foot and he plays the flute, Kyle Lafferty. <laughs> they, oh, that big gimp will still be there next week so he can play against us. Hmm. But probably go after that he didn't play the weekend well we didn't start he's in a huff yeah. he's going to issue a come and get me play to Rangers take him uh, absolutely uh, take him definitely he's, he's, to be fair I think he scored more goals against us last year than Rangers did yeah that's right that, so, so that, that's why yeah. that's why they want him and Celtic's next home game obviously Melly is AK Athens yep games are coming thick and fast now that'll be Wednesday Saturday and then the following midweek so here we go Hearts have done the same thing they've done for the last three or four transfer windows and just gutted their entire squad just yeah. cleared everything out and brought in 12 or 13 new players now normally you would think that's mental why why are they doing that but see if it's not working they had a terrible season last yeah. year why not just clear the decks and start again in fairness to them it looks like it's they're, they're playing quite well just now they, they won quite handily at the weekend much like Celtic played against a team that's going to struggle this season though it was Hamilton Ackies so I think they'll be fighting out with Livingston for that sort of the playoff relegation yeah. spot probably we neglected to mention it but we perhaps should that if Celtic the unfortunate does happen and Celtic do fail to progress by AEK Athens Melly we play a team that you're familiar with yes yes well possibly SK Saduva they've got a tiny come through first but takes us back to the Seville run that was the first team we played scalped them 10-1 and aggregate and if we do qualify past AK Athens, who do we have waiting for us, Stephen? Well, the aforementioned Videoton, yes. which sounds like some sort of Silly weird name. Jamaican 
music genre, <laughs> uh, Videoton or Malmo, yep. another another old foe. Oh, and speaking of old foes, Rangers. Oh, progress, isn't it? Progress, <laughs> Nidercon, they get a second bite at that, stinky old cherry. Um, they seem to be getting an easier draw than Aberdeen, they finish third and Aberdeen finish second. I know, that is a, that is a peculiar one. Aberdeen done okay, I suppose, against Burnley midweek. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, they, did, they did very well against Burnley, ultimately failed. Yeah. To, to a slightly better team. Burnley are kind of. I, I looked at their lineup going into that game and I thought, oh, that's that's uninspiring to say yeah. the least. But Burnley are kind of like the Kilmarnock of England. They're sort of really quite on paper a poor team. Doing and they're all work. Rangers fans. I do working wonders for a for a good manager. They're not they're not a good team by any stretch. Burnley done that thing that all Scottish teams do, and that's make hard work of beating a team that on paper in Europe yeah, you yeah, think they yeah. should just walk right over the top of. He did get a wee Borussia bonus at the weekend when Stevie G lost the plot and dropped some points. Lost his first game, Stephen Gerrard. And do you know what he said? He was really measured about it because you know he's, he's a new, he's new on the scene. Doesn't he want to create many waves? Just wants to give a clear professional opinion. And he says things like this have been happening to us for years. Man, referees never give us anything, but I'm used to it. Stephen, you were in LA last year. You aye, never aye, watched one Rangers game. Don't lie. James Trainer in an earpiece, isn't Aye. it? James um, Trainer, Jimmy Bell in the other <laughs> What I, I watched, I saw the highlights on Sports Scene. My personal highlight from the Aberdeen Rangers game was that Aberdeen have a 19 year old player called Bruce. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He he's scored the equaliser. You don't get many of them nowadays, <laughs> teenage Bruces, like Neil or Keith or you certainly Trevor do. or something. Another highlight after a 1 1 draw against Aberdeen. I wish we're a class above Aberdeen. Did you? <laughs> Did you? And so it begins. I know. It's Just, going to be one of those seasons, guys. I'm so disappointed that I'm... What, don't start your pish so early. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't go full Pedro until at least Christmas time. <laughs> That's my advice to Stevie G. Um, Celtic, transfer window update. <laughs> Dumbleweed, Dumbleweed. <laughs> Nothing happening. No. It's all kicking off this week, boys. Yes, it is kicking off this week. Five o'clock, deadline shuts in England. We're bringing in seven. <laughs> well, we're not bringing a seven melee, but the, the oracle Stephen McGowan has spoken. He said today, Arzani, almost a done deal pending a work permit, so that's one. Expect one defender, maybe more if Boyata goes and McGinn. So we should probably address that Boyata thing first. Fulham have been linked with a move for Boyata for £9 million. On the face of it, you'd be like, great, mm. um, but there's no promise at this stage we would replace Boyata. So do you want £9 million or do you want an actual central defender on your team? Well... I know there are there are a section of, of not only Celtic fans but football fans who just look at the money oh wow we're getting all this money coming in it's yeah. brilliant but you're leaving yourself off a shot there to be <laughs> just sell them all if that's your case well, we, all, we all like the, the notion that Celtic are well run we've got plenty of money in the bank but that's meaningless unless it's, it's translated onto the pitch yes we like this this sort of Skintsevko pattern and all that kind of thing but Celtic can't go selling all their players without bringing, no. bringing others in so Boyata, yes, it's it's a good deal for someone in the last year of their contract, but it, it hugely depends on who's coming in behind that. Boyata is is a good player. I, my worry is that Boyata's stock has suddenly gone through the roof with everyone because he played three games in the World Cup and everyone thinks he's this like world class defender coming back who's going to solve all the problems. Boyata, yeah, he's a, he's a good player and nine million is a, a tremendous deal. But at the same time, we absolutely need a really ready-made, absolutely solid gold replacement if he's to be We sold. needed one of those yeah. anyway. Yeah, so, ah, yeah So to get rid yeah. of Boyata and not have one is, is unthinkable. So seeing like you're going to take that £9 million, take it out of the bank in £20 notes, 
build a man out of twenty pound <laughs> notes of nine million pounds worth and play that in central defence. I wonder I'm how interested. tall that would be. Oh, so tall. Mm. It would be it'd be tall as Craig Gordon and as wide as four Craig Gordons. <laughs> Melly, would you sell Boyata for nine million pounds? Yes. Without me. a ready made replacement coming in. That's difficult to say going that way, but see if we're going to sell, we're going to replace him. Hopefully it'll be a good player, but Boyata Hopefully is... it'll be a good player. We can't <laughs> do this. I know, but there's no guarantee of how many centre halves have we signed and none of them are guaranteed to be good. If you look at it this way, he's got a year left in his contract. He most likely wants to go. Nine million quid is ridiculous for a guy that the supporters don't trust at all. There's there's people that are never going to warm to that guy. Hmm. So if you get somebody new in on decent money for a decent fee, he's going to get leeway. Boyata's not going to get. And we're all we're all saying we need a centre half. Well, that centre half we need we better replace Boyata because he's not going to replace Ayer. He's the main man in there. Hold on, nine million whoa, whoa, bucks whoa, whoa, for this whoa, whoa. guy. That is, is English for stop a horse. Okay, <laughs> I just I just want to make one thing clear, right? See if you had already we had Boyata, Ayer, Jozo, and Hendry. We still need a, a quality central defender in there, one hundred percent. Marvin, no, no Marvin. Uh, there you go. That that's um, so. We still need a quality central defender in there to get rid of Boyata is unthinkable. It's unthinkable because we then we need two, and we're definitely not going to bring in two. Well, that's what Stephen McGowan said. One without Boyata going. More if he does. I bet the, the, could, one, the one we're talking about is a right back here. Yeah, I was going to say he could also be talking about right back because I've been linked with a with right back. So all summer right, long, we're linked with him from um, today. The odds shortened, which means absolutely nothing. In fact, I think it's a scandal that Skybet do football rumours mm. and then take a bet on them. West Brom. Craig Dawson. Craig that, yeah, Dawson. Yeah. Um, it's one that's, that's been around before, let's face it up. Who knows? Um, but it would be a good player, though. You don't carve out that long a career down there in a team that defend all the time, unless you're a, a solid defender. So we'll see how that one goes. Just on Boyata, I, I understand it from both sides. As much as we're saying we need to keep him because we don't have players, Celtic can't turn down £9 million for a guy in the last year of his contract. As much as Celtic are well run and have you know a, a good flow of, of cash running through the club at the moment, you can't afford to let saleable assets go for nothing know, at the end but, of the season. But what do we always say in this podcast? We don't care about the bank balance. Yep, yep, let the exactly. businessmen do the business. But what I'm saying is I, I understand. I, I, I get it from both sides. I don't want to see him go and not replace, but at the same time, I can see why... <laughs> Yeah, the I, I, I just don't want to see it's like death by a thousand cuts that's an exaggeration obviously right but every, we just seem to every year every time we lose a player we just we tend to just shade a slither of talent and replace him with someone slightly less good and that, that's and that's what we'll be, that's what we'll be doing with this window we'll lose Armstrong and we replace him with McGinn slightly less good we lose Roberts and we replace him with Arzani now I've not seen much of Arzani but I'd be very surprised if he's a better player and then we lose Boyata and replace him with who knows who slightly less good so then you're looking at it after the window and you're going why is it the case because there must be so much money in that club there's a money though so (laughs) much money and I don't believe this myth that it's difficult for bringing players I just don't buy it I think we take too much time over it. I think we always try and find the perfect, perfect player. But see for Brendan Rodgers and the board say, we don't want numbers, we want quality. That doesn't explain the January transfer window. There was a guy on Totally Football, I think it was, last season, and his expertise was in football finance and all, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, to make a long story short, his comments on Celtic were that they are very well run, but they're a little bit too cautious when I can it comes, to, when that, it comes yeah. to spending. That was his sort of expert opinion. I feel, uh, Apologies for not remembering who the guy was, but he actually spoke really well on the subject. So yeah, I agree with you fully. I think we could be doing more. If Brendan Rodgers says one more time that it's quality over quantity, Mm -hmm. I think that's worth 
a wee dig in the arm. Yeah. I think if he says it one more time, I get to punch him in the arm. Do you know? What you should, I don't think you should punch him because that's not fair. But what you should do is you should ask for an autograph, right? Mm-hmm. And then go, Brendan, look at that, and then do that wee loop with your fingers. Oh, <laughs> so when he sees the loop, <laughs> dig him in the arm and go, mate, that's for saying quantity over Too quality. Too <laughs> I have faith. Once this all settles down, Boyata will probably go. We'll get somebody else in. We're not going to let him go and not replace him. That that's unthinkable for this the board to do that. I don't think we'll do that. I think we are trying hard, but it is difficult. And we could do so much more if you want McGinn, get him. But Hibs won't want to sell McGinn right now either. There's no point in them selling him before they go out of Europe. We know we can get McGinn when and if we want him. We do want quality in, but we've seen it time and time again. We sell it when they just bring in these guys, and none of them ever turn out good, hmm. do they? So maybe it's best to just wait. This English Premier League closing in Thursday is a massive advantage to us and hopefully we can take advantage of Guys like, we might not sign them around, but guys like Danny Simpson have been told they can find a new club. There's a ready-made right-back, ready to step in. One League winner, yeah. Won the league with Leicester, good player. Well, that's, I mean, that is quite interesting. You're right on that. that, that could open doors. It might open doors for, we've been talking about it every season, Paddy Roberts. <laughs> Melly, I'm sorry. We're going to have to address it. Back in the news. Back in the news. Super scoreboard today. Alex Ray said he's heard, he's spoken to some people. 99% that he sees Paddy Roberts, they think a deal might be done. So that obviously means it's not going to happen. Who did he speak to? Was it his pals in the, the lodge? Just some guy at a. He was <laughs> <laughs> just standing at some train station uh, near Wolverhampton and some guy said to him, um, Would you take Paddy Roberts back? One yes. million percent. Aye. Aye. 100%. There's no discussion. We we love Paddy Roberts, this podcast. We know he's a, a big fan of the podcast, Paddy. And as much as no one wants to admit it yet, we're in a situation with Forrest. Forrest is in the last year of his contract and hasn't signed anything yet. Now, he, he has said, sign me up for life. But that's very different to the, the actual yeah. negotiations happening. There's every reason that James Forrest could go in there after the couple of seasons he's had in demand to be the top, well, one of the top three or four earners at the club. So negotiations are ongoing. We could have a Maloney. Yeah, yeah, and uh, precautions have to be taken against this. Much like Boyata, if Forrest isn't going to sign a contract, he's, he's got to go. Plus, I mean, look at our, our wing options at the moment. Hayes, I mean, uh, hmm. I mean st- st- a lot to prove. Sinclair, we're hoping he recapture some sort of form. Christie, Brendan no. Rodgers already had his say on Christie. Forrest, as you say, well, there's one. Lewis Morgan, probably a bit. He's, he's nowhere near as good as Paddy Roberts with all Who knows? Injured us now anyway, yeah. so yeah. So, and then Mikey Johnson. So, I mean, wingers, we could... We bring could, him home. We could do one. Bring, absolutely, bring him home. Arzani as well, but un, completely unproven. Yeah, quantity. Un, unproven. And, you know, we I put a poll out on at 20 Minute Tim's, our Twitter feed. Um, something like 86% of respondents said we should bring him. So, if if the 14% who said no could just make themselves <laughs> known to us, uh, on that. I think it'll be sorry, I think it'll be because oh, he's already knocked us back. Yeah, I doesn't care matter. about that. The guy wanted to better himself down in England, he's, he is a sort of Celtic fan, but fair play to the guy, he wants to go down there, give it a shot under a good manager, see where it takes him, see if he's not got a move and he comes back. So what? See, every player that signs for Celtic, they've had to settle for Mm. Celtic because somebody better hasn't come in. It's only a couple of teams in the world that you won't get that. He's a good player. James Forrest's best form has come when Paddy Roberts is there. He's got competition and he's a good player. We're crying out for quality here. Why would you not want that? People sometimes take that a wee bit too personally. If a player says, I want to go and try it. You need to remember that Man City is his parent club. That's who owns him and always has throughout his time at Celtic. As his parent club, of course he's going to want to go and try and prove himself. He's not worked with Pep Guardiola yet. If he's gone down there for five or six weeks of pre-season training and Pep Guardiola 
has taken him aside and said, look, we've got Mares, we've got this Brahim Diaz coming through, we've got Phil Foden, who started the Community mm. Shield. We've got all these players in front of you. We've got three offers for you. Two of them are in the English Championship and one of them Celtic. Is he going to say, yeah, but you know, fourteen percent of that poll think I'm <laughs> think I'm at it here, not yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe because I did atom in the poll. Yeah, right. That was a bad idea in case it went absolute tits up. I, I, I just I, look. Come on home, Paddy. Just come home. Come on, come home, son. Come home. <laughs> just come home. You're Muslim. Imagine <laughs> it. The start of pre-season, I thought Tierney might be away and Paddy had gone. Imagine when the window shuts, the two of them are here. Well, that's the thing. Smile. <laughs> we judge the window when it closes. We've always said that in this podcast. Um, and another thing we did say is, just watch, we'll slither John McGinn in just before the window closes. Yeah, and even though it was signed four weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> um, Melly, would you like to make any bold predictions for this season along the lines of Stephen and I's last week? Right now, I will say we will sign at least three players before the window shuts, possibly four. And I will say... So your bold predictions are three players before the window shuts? Yes. Okay, right. That will take the grand total this this window to how many? Five or six? It's not bad going. So three players before the window shuts. And I will say, oh, I'm not even that confident in this one. Scott Sinclair will get 20 goals. Oh! 20 goals. Nah. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll give you the odds on that one. I'll, get, I'll <laughs> give you 500 to one. No one. Nah. What's the ticker on that so far then? Let me check my stats again. Approximately zero at this stage of the season. No, and another one is we'll get over 100 league goals this season. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Over 100 league goals. And my my negative bold prediction, if MD wasn't listening last season, just remind you of it. Brendan Rogers last season. Okay, on that, <laughs> um, Patreon. We spoke a bit about it at the beginning. We mentioned it almost every week. But if you want to check it out, it's a way for you to get extra podcasts for a wee subscription service. And you can see it at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims. There still time to enter a competition for the season. We will be giving away a Celtic shirt of your choosing in May, but there will be monthly prizes along the way for the manager of the month in our fantasy Premier League competition. All the details are on patreon.com forward slash 20 minute times. You get it all there. Um, and with that, I would just like to say thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone who downloads, subscribes to the podcast, reviews. Reviews, by We've been getting some hilarious reviews. We get some really good reviews. <laughs> Much appreciated. Thanks for listening. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.